0: Welcome to Pod Save America. I'm John Favreau. I'm John Lovett. I'm Tommy Vitor. On today's show, Donald Trump gets dinner with a Nazi, a new special counsel to investigate his crimes, and his Twitter account back.
2: Dude, iced coffee at 3 p.m.? My God, that's a bulldoof. Well, I had to get up early. I, think
0: a, I don't think it's just a iced coffee, Tommy. I think there's probably a few shots of uh, espresso in there. Just a, cold, there. Brew. Just oh, a okay. cold brew. Just an afternoon Good cold brew. You. Sorry I interrupted you. It is 3 p.m. But I had you, know why, you know why he Warnock this morning. There's the there segue. We there we go. He needed it because at 9 a.m. this morning, John Lovett interviewed Senator Raphael Warnock about his December 6th runoff against Herschel Walker. You'll hear that uh, a little bit later, and then after that, Elijah Cohn is back for another round of take appreciator. So many takes in the queue. A lot of takes in the queue. But first, check out our new limited series podcast that we released with Duolingo called Radiolingo, which is hosted by audio journalist Ahmed Ali Akbar. Radiolingo investigates all the ways that language shapes our world and how the world shapes our language. Each episode explores a different way language plays a role in our life, from swearing to subtitles and everything in between. Everything in between swearing and subtitles.
3: Many people are raving about that show. It's a
0: great, great show. New episodes every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Also... The Crooked Store has launched brand new merch inspired by your favorite shows just in time for the holidays. New items include sweatshirts inspired by Love It or Leave It and Hysteria, a Bake Appreciator apron. Good one. I hope Elijah's wearing the Bake Appreciator apron during the game today. I hope so too. And a magnetic poetry kit that lets you make your own terrible notes app apology. Go to Crooked.com slash store to get some stuff. Also, every order from the Crooked store will support Vote Save America's Every Last Vote Fund, which is already helping to get out the vote in Georgia for the December 6th runoff election. If you are a Georgia voter, head over to votesaveamerica.com to make your plan. And if you want to help out no matter where you live, you can donate and find remote and in-person volunteer opportunities to make sure the Warnock campaign has the resources it needs, and he wins. So, go help out. Uh, All right, let's get to the news. While you all may have been enjoying Thanksgiving dinner with friends and family, the Republican frontrunner for 2024 was at his beach club breaking bread with a white supremacist Holocaust denier named Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes came with Kanye West, who recently threatened to go, quote, DEFCON 3 on Jewish people, along with other anti-Semitic comments, lost most of his endorsement deals as a result, and then announced a 2024 presidential bid of his own. Trump later denied knowing Fuentes, but still has not condemned him or his views. And most Republican politicians have been completely silent about the dinner. So welcome back, guys. Good to be back.
3: It it is gone on, like, not remarked upon enough that it was Thanksgiving
0: dinner yeah it was it was tuesday before thanksgiving it so was you got, tuesday it was like your tuesday before nazi dinner before okay, thanksgiving okay okay that, gotcha. That i gotcha i you Thanksgiving, yeah, it on thanksgiving <laughs>
1: yeah. it's, it goes, it's like your high school na- reunions wednesday night then not na- it's nazi tuesday thanksgiving <laughs> thursday cyber monday <laughs> is that how it works
3: i think that's right
1: you know not enough is also being made of the fact that uh Kanye went to DEFCON three with the Jews, which just means increase in force readiness above what's required for normal readiness. No, so so well, you, you weren't hit, impressed.
0: You went one beyond. He also he 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 tweeted DEFCON three. Well, right, which is he, not quite how it's not DEFCON. It's not DEFCON.
3: <laughs> A lot no. of people gave him the the sick, which I think is presumptuous that he didn't mean
0: death instead of death. Yeah, that is also true. Anyway, let's start with what we know about uh, how sure. and why this dinner came together uh, and what actually transpired. Uh, during this meal at Mar-a-Lago. Tommy?
3: So, with the caveat that every source, every narrator in the story is completely horrible and unreliable, it seems like the purpose of the dinner was that Kanye wanted to ask Trump to be his VP, right? That is, yes, that is correct. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure that I'm not making this up. <laughs> Kanye Kanye wanted to ask Trump to be his VP, so we asked for a meeting at Mar-a-Lago, and he traveled with a neo-Nazi incel named Nick Fuentes. We'll get into that character later. Uh, Trump says the dinner was supposed to be one-on-one with Kanye, but we know it ended up being Trump, Kanye, a former Trump staffer named Karen Giorno, who now works for Kanye, an alt-right racist dipshit named Milo Yiannopoulos, who got fired from his job at Breitbart in 2017 for supporting pedophilia. You can't make any of that. I didn't make that up. You can't make any of this up. Um, And Kanye, the the way this all went down is apparently that Kanye... (laughs) We know what we know about this, mostly from videos released by Kanye on Twitter that were since deleted. We know that they all dined together. Kanye says Trump got mad at him when he asked him to be his VP, but that Trump really hit it off with Nick Fuentes. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos said Trump was dazzled by Fuentes, the Nazi. Um, They got in a fight. After the VP questioned, Fuentes told Trump that his announcement speech sucked, that he needs to go back to the 2016 team and vibe, that they weren't doing enough for the January 6 rioters who got arrested. And it ended with Trump being mad at Kanye for saying that he's going to run for president and saying, I'll, I'll beat you, I'm going to kick your ass, calling Kim Kardashian some sort of vulgarity that was bleeped. Of all of this story, the part that they bleeped out was the specific swear words Trump used um, and
1: seen. <laughs> It's, uh, these are people that should be putting flyers on cars outside of baseball games. <laughs> the only reason we're discussing this is because they're meeting with the former president of the United States. I'll be your VP, no, you be my VP. These is, this is for a Also one broken... of the most
0: successful rappers of all time. It, it's... <laughs> and a former president of the United States. And some trolls.
1: There's a movie um, with uh, uh, James Garner and Jack Lemmon called My Fellow Americans, mm-hmm. uh, where they are both uh, they both go on the run because they're uh, being framed for a crime by, the, I believe, the current president. Spoiler for the movie My Fellow Americans from the 90s. And at the end of the movie, they end up in a, quite a little argument over who's gonna be the presidential candidate, who's gonna be the vice presidential candidate. Um, I think it's a remake
0: are making the offing?
1: I just can't believe how stupid this is. <laughs> it is. It, it stupid. I,
0: this is this is low on the list of concerns, but I do love the conversation between Trump and Fuentes about uh, Trump's announcement speech and how Fuentes likes the old stuff and he just wants him to riff more cuz his his he said his his supporters, meaning the Nazi ones, yeah. uh the uh, the white supremacist ones, uh they really like when Trump just goes off the cuff. It's, um, and they thought the announcement speech was boring, which also is a just real shot at Stephen Miller there. And it must be hard for Stephen Miller because, like, yeah, Nick base, Fuentes is going to be his, That's going to be someone he admires.
1: You know, in the West Wing, <laughs> when Leo wrote, let Bartlett be Bartlett on a little napkin, <laughs> yeah. what if it was a, what if it had a little not- swath stick on it? That's kind of what happened. You're right. Love
0: it. Who is uh, Nick Fuentes? And do you believe that Trump didn't know who he was? Does it even
1: matter? So, uh, uh, you know, look, uh, um, so he's a Nazi. And you know that term gets bandied about, Uh, but he's just a Nazi. Uh, He's a racist, he's an anti-Semitic Holocaust denier, he's pro-segregation, he's for banning contraception, banning not just gay marriage but gay relationships, he wants Jews out of the country, openly hopes uh, to create what he describes as Taliban rule in the U.S. that calls the Taliban conservative and religious in America as liberal and godless. He's been kicked off of every social media platform, even some of the far-right platforms. He's been ejected from some of the most heinous right-wing organizations in the country you i mean other it's than charlottesville he was he in charlotte and then he called it
0: an incredible event right He's after heather high was murdered
1: he just this is the hates lowest women.
0: of the hates violence, women pro, violence hates women said rape isn't a big deal other
1: than dining with like jeffrey epstein and the bad guy from room you can't get lower like this is the absolute lowest of the low dregs of human society Meeting with the former president in Mar a Lago, you just you don't get lower. This is the bottom. Yeah, yeah for sure.
0: What about the what about like I, I don't, yeah? Tra-
1: to the, I didn't know who he. I didn't know who he was. First of all, there's a long list of people Trump has known who he claims not to know. To know, you can look them up one by one. So people he has claimed not to know. David Duke, mm-hmm. Lev Parnas, Prince Andrew, George Papadopoulos, uh, Paul Manafort, right? You can just make the list. He claims not to know people yeah. when he'd rather not know them than denounce them. It also doesn't matter. Either you were willingly dining, having a Nazi dinner party, <laughs> as you described it for recorded, or your organization is so feckless and stupid. You have a a, a kind of deranged uh, uh, celebrity traipsing through your home Bringing whoever he wants to meet with you, the former president, and there's no one checking or caring He's enough walk, about your walk, time. Walking by the place where you stash all your nuclear was, secrets. And by the way, <laughs> another point we've th- th- you've been, you've told us that this building is quite secure. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is where you keep yeah. your the documents you couldn't flush. I, I so it doesn't it, matter. It doesn't
0: matter because. He it's now been how many days since the story and he's put out how many truths won't denounce and will not denounce the guy or his views. That's all that matters that he refuses to denounce them.
3: Yeah, I mean, here's my take. Fuentes is very much on the MAGA radar screen because he gets kicked out of CPAC and he makes a scene about it. He did this event with Marjorie Taylor Greene. So he's like he's really a known quality on the right. I think the left is. We're not as familiar with him, but he, like they know who he is because he trolls them, including with the TPUSA kids. There were videos going around Twitter of Kanye walking through the Miami airport with Fuentes. Now that Trump is running for president again, I imagine the Secret Service processes kick up a notch including at Mar-a-Lago. So someone saw this guy's ID. Someone knew he was... There has to be some level of vetting. One would hope. It's not the Secret Service's job to, like, keep untoward people away from Trump, but, like, there's some sort of process. And Fuentes got verified on Truth Social back in February. So I don't believe Trump. I agree with you that, like, no matter what, like, either either you dazzled a Nazi (laughs) that you didn't know or you knowingly had dinner with one. Neither is a good story. But I do think overtly seeking out political advice from a neo-Nazi tells you something pretty scary about where the campaign is headed. Uh, Fuentes thinks Trump kind of knew who he was, but not the extent of it. That's what he said on his little green screen show. I just think, like, it just takes you from a phase of dog whistles to, like, white power, neo-Nazi movement has a literal seat at the table.
0: I could see him absolutely knowing who he was. I could also see uh, his pathological narcissism preventing him from knowing who anyone is except for him. Um, He's not asking a lot of questions. But either way, it's like, it happened the dinner happened you were impressed by him he was impressed by you you then see the news that he's a neo nazi and you you see all and then you don't say anything about
1: it yeah, that you shows be. you
0: where the campaign's going it shows sure. that like he the reason he didn't say anything about it is because he wants his supporters and the, he wants his
1: supporters to vote for him and the more he is isolated from some of the mainstream republican kind of like the wall street journal like the more he is seen as try the more he is painted himself as an outsider, kind of running against the, the people that want Ron DeSantis in. The, more, the fewer guardrails there will be and the more he will feel reliant upon and afraid to alienate the worst elements of the, the right wing. Uh, the other just it's well, also we know, yeah. and we
0: know this is also true from Maggie Haberman's book when she reported that he said this about the David Duke thing, which he goes, oh, those people vote. Oh, for sure. Remember those people vote. Meaning and, and David Duke's support meaning David Duke's racist supporters. And I, and like at the end of the he should have denounced them. But I think like, it,
3: I think he knowingly had dinner with this guy and he, and he's worried about his right flank. And so he's bringing them in more and more and more. And the worst part about all of this is like, we're all talking about it in the Trump context. Cause we're talking about politics, but these little neo-Nazis, having the best week they've had in a long time. Their ideas are spreading everywhere on social media. They feel important. They feel emboldened. This is like hugely impactful for the white power, neo-Nazi movement either way. It's like a really
0: incredibly damaging event no matter what. Wouldn't this be a great opportunity for a Ron DeSantis or any Republican who wants to rid the party of Donald Trump to take a shot at him over this? Like we have now heard something from... uh, Bill Cassidy, Senator Cassidy tweeted something out that mentioned Trump's name. Mitt Romney had a very strong statement. Susan Collins said something. S- Susan Collinsy, but it was good. Christie was good, right? Christie was good. But then there's a small selection of Republicans who's just said, uh, anti-Semitism is bad, like Mike Pompeo. Just mm-hmm. an- without putting Trump's name in it or the context. It's so apropos saying, of nothing. Apropos of nothing, right, yeah. That's but what but Ron then, McDaniel did that, too. Yeah, so Ron McDaniel good. did that, too. But then you've got, like, nothing from Ron DeSantis. Nothing from most major Republican politicians, nothing from Kevin McCarthy, nothing from Mitch McConnell. Like, what, what, wh- why do you think that is?
3: I really tried to think about this from the perspective of a potential uh, political opponent in 2024. I, I obviously don't have my finger on the pulse of the, the Republican primary electorate. You
0: listen to Steve Bannon's war room. What the hell?
3: I, not in a couple <laughs> days. Um, but I guess if you're DeSantis, maybe you're thinking if you're going to go after Trump, it's got to be part of like a sustained messaging effort. You can't just sort of like slap the guy and back away because Trump is just going to punch, 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 punch. And I think ultimately what we saw from the midterms is the, um, the message against Trump that seems to be the most impactful right now is just about losing that he's a drag on the ticket that he'll hurt them and they'll lose to biden again so maybe you keep this in your back pocket until you're ready to make it part of that broader case i want to be clear that i don't believe anything yeah, i'm no, saying yeah, yeah i'm just straw manning here but like i, I yeah i would absolutely there seems to me no
1: cleaner shot than uh condemning dining with nazis well i i think they i think the problem is it the point that trump is making is not wrong these are a voting part of the republican base And a lot of these, like if you're gonna pick a fight with Donald Trump, you wanna do it on an axis that, as you're saying, could be sustained over the campaign. And you're not gonna wanna say he's too extreme. You wanna say he's incompetent, you wanna say he's a loser. I think there's a way to attack Donald Trump on this. Like There's an incredibly damaging, destructive, losing move. Um, But I think for a lot of these guys, they just have two settings. With Trump, he's either too powerful or too irrelevant to engage, right, that's that's it. It's either they're afraid of him, so they don't want to bring it up, or they think, oh, this is the Trump problem will take care of itself once again, and so they don't have to do it, he's self-destructing. And that's sort of been their, their two settings for, for avoiding commenting on Trump for a long time.
0: Yeah. It's such a too cute by half kind for of thing, sure. because sure. it's like, you're if it, unless Ron DeSantis is just not thinking about running. Right. Like maybe they're all going to I mean, it won't do it. He right. D- he did an inaugural in the shower. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so therefore, it's like you're not going to be able to dodge this question until you announce for president. You're not going to be able to just keep it in your back pocket like someone's going to ask you a question and then what are you going to say? You're, you know, it's like, it's not, this is, this is dining with the Nazi. <laughs> yeah. so there's no halfway on this one. There's no gray area. You're not gonna be able to get around this one. You're gonna say, I didn't see the tweet.
1: Like, it's just, it's, it. it really is also like, you know, well, uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, they asked Biden about it and Biden said, uh, you don't want to know what I think. And it's like, yes, we do. I do yeah, yeah no, I, I'd love all, to know what you first think. First of all, <laughs> that reporter's asking you, they do want to know what you think. What, what are you going to come on too strong? It's a fucking Nazi. <laughs> this is the, this is the, this, They. they are the villains. They are the villains of every movie. Like I was, I'm reading this book. Uh, uh, Rise and Kill First about the about the uh, uh, early, the Mossad and the early assassination campaigns that the Mossad ran. First 50 pages. You've been reading this book for a year now. It's a slow going. Oh, it is so long. It's so long. YouTube, 700 but, pages. But, uh, I've, heard,
0: I've heard this discussion with YouTube, but Let me tell but... you. Let me tell
1: you. The first 50 pages, it's Holocaust survivors hunting Nazis around the world. Couldn't t- t- turn the pages fast enough. 10 out of 10. No notes. It's a, every single time. Oh, they dropped the Hungarian to say in German, be quiet or I'll kill you to a fucking Nazi who killed their... Family? Yes. Unequivocal. When it gets to the morally complicated parts later in the history of Israel, I'm reading more slower. The point is, take a shot at the fucking Nazis. Everybody loves it.
3: Well, the only people who found gray area were people with political concerns, like the Zionist Organization of America. It's a pro-Israel, pro-Trump group. They had just literally given him an award (laughs) like that week. They condemned the shit out of the dinner. The Republican Jewish coalition, a partisan group, only condemned Kanye
0: and Nick Fuentes and did not name Trump. Unbelievable. Since you brought up the Zionist organization, did you see the quote from Mort Klein, who's the longtime president? So he he condemns them, like you said, and then he goes, this does not in any way detract from Trump's extraordinary accomplishments in helping Israel.
1: (laughs) Un-fucking-believable.
0: But then he ends with, But this does sully his general pro-Israel record. I bet it does. Does it sully the record? Does it sully it a little bit?
1: Trump's (laughs) former ambassador to Israel said something. My friend Donald Trump, you're better than this. He's not your friend. No, he's not. You fucking weasels. (laughs) Unbelievable. And
3: then he threaded it with a second tweet where he attacked Obama and spelled his name wrong.
0: (laughs) I do think like for, uh, for Kevin McCarthy, one issue is he's about to put Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar back on their committees after they got kicked off their committees because they're hanging out with they were hanging out with, Nick Fuentes. Hanging out with Nick Fuentes. <laughs> so and he also doesn't have the votes he needs to be speaker. So that's that's probably why we haven't heard much from from Kevin.
1: Yeah, last time he did last time this happened, he had a march, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene had a march in front of the Holocaust museum and read a hostage statement. It's just it's Well, let's bad. Ha- let's talk about the Biden thing though because I I have to
0: imagine this was shouted at Biden as he was like walking at the helicopter or something. He's in
3: Nantucket. He oh, was
0: in Nantucket. Sorry. He was he was walking around and it was shouted at him. So I imagine maybe he's thinking like I got to because the White House then responded with a tough statement. Yes. But maybe they're going to I'm going to I'm guessing they're going to have Biden take another go at this one. I hope at so. some point and, and let us know what he thinks. Because I am guess usually when Joe Biden talks about stuff like this, he's, he's he, pretty good. Yeah. You know, I mean,
1: he's America. It's, it's the core of his core of yeah. his candidacy.
0: The democracy thing. It worked out well. Yeah, Yeah. terms,
3: that's what I heard. I think Democrats should all be... Like, it's obviously the right thing to denounce this, and I think, like, you gotta hammer people like this when they pop up. But also, there is political upside to drawing a bright line of the sand here. Like, the response will be, what about is... um,
0: It'll be both sides crap, but that's fine. Like, have the conversation. I would go absolutely nuts on this. I would be holding press conferences. I would get every single—I would ask reporters to get every single Republican on the record about it. I would not let them forget it. I, this is—again, this is It's just such an easy one. It's so clear. You don't get issues this clear.
1: <laughs> the Republican frontrunner for the 2024 nomination and previous president of states had a Nazi— Meet with him to give him political advice and the leaders of the Republican Party are refusing to denounce it. And then then after he left, all he said was,
0: Oh, I didn't know who he was.
1: Well he's a Nazi, what do you think? Hmm. nothing. Well and also like (laughs) I guess again what's Did not see that coming. That's (laughs) all that's all that he could come up with.
3: Uh, getting lost in all of this episode title <laughs> is it Trump was like, yeah, I'll take the dinner with Kanye right after he had very publicly said a bunch of wildly anti-Semitic.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah things. that is also. Yeah. He's like, I didn't know Nick Fuentes. You did know the other anti-Semitic
1: yeah, guy. It's not like, who it's not like showed Kanye was on dinner. his way from a bar mitzvah. <laughs> also, like Out of control. Milo got
3: kicked off of Twitter for for a racist bullying campaign. And then he got pushed out of the Republican Party in like the MAGA world for uh, coming out in support of. 13-year-old boys having relationships with adult men. I mean, it's like, talk about grooming. What, what also, are we doing here?
0: Also, Nick, we, we, we forgot this part, too. Nick Fuentes was there with Kanye because Kanye hired him for his campaign. Nick Fuentes is working on Kanye West's presidential campaign. It's and I really just
1: want to come back to the moment where Kanye asked Trump, the most egomaniacal, narcissistic human being in public life, would you be my running mate? And the fury... That must have come from Donald Trump realizing that this was the purpose of this dinner. How low he had fallen. How
0: disrespected he was. then Nick Fuentes like, like is your... like, I like your old stuff. And Donald Trump said, according to Jonathan Swan's source, he gets me. <laughs> he gets me. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, Play the all right. So um, Trump's legal troubles have also taken a turn <laughs> for the worse. Uh, his pal, Lindsey Graham, was finally forced by the courts to testify before a Georgia grand jury about Trump's scheme to overturn the election in that state. His right-wing Supreme Court ruled that he has to hand over all of his tax returns to Congress, finally, which uh, led Trump to truth that the Supreme Court has, quote, lost its standing and become nothing more than a political body. He's when got, he's right, he's right. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's hit the nail on the head there. It's tough to argue. You know, yeah. broken clock. Um and Attorney General Merrick Garland has appointed a special counsel to oversee the criminal investigations into Trump over the nuclear secrets he hid in his beach house and his attempted coup that led to a violent insurrection. So let's start there. Uh, why do you guys think Garland did this? Why didn't he just decide to oversee the investigations himself?
1: I take them at uh, basically what, what they've said is once Trump announced and once Biden had basically said he intends to run, uh, he felt he was compelled to do a special prosecutor, even though he had said for a while that that was not necessary, that he could run it through the Justice Department. That logic hasn't really changed. The logic before is the same as the logic now. But I understand deciding that 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 creates a moment where you can appoint a special prosecutor. And also part of it is this allows them to link the two investigations together in a cleaner way, because there's the January 6th investigation, there's the uh, document retention, (laughs) investigation, and now those both run under one prosecutor.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've heard some experts. Some experts have argued that Merrick Garland should not have done this. Other legal experts have argued that he had no choice but to do this. Basically, the idea is like this independent prosecutor can create a little bit of political space between the AG uh, and the case against the guy who's running against his boss. Uh, In practice, eh, not a lot there. The special counsel still reports to the attorney general Garland will be briefed on and ultimately decide big decisions like whether or not to prosecute Trump, but we'll see. I don't know. There's chance this convinces
0: anyone politically. For speaking. sure. I mean, I, th- I think the the best way to judge this is let's imagine if he didn't do this, the guidelines say the attorney general can appoint a special counsel under extraordinary circumstances that include situations when an investigation would raise the appearance of a conflict of interest for the department. Check. So check, if you check. don't do it, yeah. and someone points to that and say, "Well, why didn't you? Why didn't you appoint a special counsel? This is you don't think this is a co- potential conflict of interest for the department? Like your boss is running against the guy you guys are investigating?" It's just such a classic norms fig leaf. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, norms. <laughs> norms win on this
1: one. You know, it is. I, I will. say, It's sort of it. I think everybody's memories of this are are still affected by the Clinton investigations, which were under an independent counsel, which was a much uh, more strident division between the Department of Justice and the powers that the independent counsel had, which everyone allowed to lapse because everyone, some loudly, some quietly, recognized that that had gone too far. So, in a lot of ways, a special counsel is kind of it's like it is more of a norm than anything because. Whether or not to prosecute still rolls up to Merrick Garland. And now what people are saying is Merrick Garland will likely defer. He deferred to Durham on prosecuting, even though those were ridiculous prosecutions that ultimately came to nothing. And he will ultimately defer to this special prosecutor whether he wants to indict or not. But we don't know. And if there's a disagreement, it gets reported to Congress. So it'll become public. Right. And I mean, so
0: what are the concerns here? Right. About uh, Merrick Garland doing this? Uh, I've heard that one concern is, oh, it's going to delay the investigation. So Garland said it would not in any way. Jack Smith, who is the special prosecutor, then put out a statement saying, absolutely not, I'm going as fast as I can. Like, I'm going to just pick up right where this left off. So I don't think the, the, the delay is a real issue. Yeah, and right?
3: I've also heard people like or Perara say that actually, like, putting this all in one place
0: kind of could simplify things and speed it up. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Unless we think, yeah. like, Jack Smith is, a, is some secret Trumper. Doesn't <laughs> seem like, like it. Doesn't seem like it. So then, like... Not my Jack. If Jack Smith doesn't think that there's a case there... Then there's not then then maybe there's not a case there.
1: And listen, it's not like all of us have been feeling like uh Merrick Garland was galloping ahead at full speed, wandering around the Justice Department in like an Ebenezer Scrooge sleeping <laughs> outfit with a little candle. That's how I picture him. That's literally how I picture Merrick Garland with one of those sleeping caps and the little gown and the candle wandering around. The, the way Who's th- the ghost of Christmas Future? Oh yeah. I think it's it's uh it's Mueller. It's Mueller being like, ah, you're fine. You're doing great, bud. See, I'm hoping this Smith guy is uh is like kind of a, a, a Muller without the rounded edges. That's mm. my hope.
3: This made me just feel like like America's in a rut. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you think? We, like we're watching reruns. It, you, we need some new storylines. Have it's you like seen our bridges? Jennifer Coolidge, <laughs> she can come along to this new season, but <laughs> like did. we got, we need some new narratives. Yeah, for sure. I agree she with that. was so good last night. Come on. I'm spoilers. not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna say anything.
0: Uh, as you noted, Tommy, like Trump and the and the MAGA crew have unsurprisingly attacked uh, special prosecutor Jack Smith as a partisan political hack. Do you think this matters at all that they're doing this? I mean, it's, it's... Yeah, I mean, he's a
3: career prosecutor. He ran the public integrity division of DOJ. Uh, went after a bunch of corrupt politicians. And most recently, Jack Smith was investigating war crimes at The Hague. Mm. So, like, that's not a fun gig. No, but it's a, um, that's,
0: that's a cool one.
3: It's, I don't think, yeah, it is cool. I mean, I don't think his bio matters at all. I think, what was the thing we saw earlier today? He, like,
0: He is registered as an independent, but, but hmm? his wife uh, helped produce what? a documentary about Michelle Obama. <laughs> okay. That's, okay, that's what they're going I mean, oh,
3: <laughs> Some, some are, Trump, I think today attacked Jack Smith's sister-in-law. His sister-in-law, sister-in-law
1: is tough. Listen, <laughs> you don't have to agree with your sister-in-law. Famously, <laughs> that's a thing. You know, you fight at the table. The sister-in-laws' <laughs> politics are not your own. Yeah, I mean, listen, like MAGA. You people, don't choose your sister-in-law. That's the whole thing about sisters-in-law. <laughs>
0: famously, famously, love my sister-in-law.
1: I'm not saying you don't.
0: Them. Every MAGA person thinks this is a witch hunt. Nothing's going to change that. One piece of potential good news for Trump is that he now has his Twitter account back. Uh, Elon Musk originally promised that he wouldn't reinstate any suspended accounts until he convened a content moderation council that included people with diverse views. Instead, he took a very scientific Twitter poll and decided to allow first Trump, then Kanye West, and apparently every other suspended account that hasn't, quote, broken the law or engaged in egregious spam. Oddly enough, Trump has not yet tweeted and continues to truth his ass off over a truth social. How long do you guys think that lasts? You think Trump can resist Twitter forever? So Mm, he's stuck. He's stuck
3: between near term financial interests, meaning the success of truth social and then his long term political interests that I think would he would probably be benefited in the short term, at least by getting back on Twitter because it's a huge megaphone. But like. The, the gist for people to understand is they're trying to take Truth Social public on the stock market via a SPAC, a special purpose acquisition company. That's basically when a SPAC is like a shell company. It IPOs to raise a bunch of money, and then it buys a real business that does actual things, in this case, Truth Social. Um, this is quote, real things, real, yeah. quote, unquote, real things. If this goes through, Trump could suddenly own like 80% of a three, four, maybe more billion dollar company. So that's a big chunk of change, but that only works if Trump, the truth social maintains its like sole piece of value, which is the place where you can find Trump exclusively, or at least I think the letter of the law, he's technically legally obligated to use truth social first, and he can't post the same thing on another platform for six hours. Which is an eternity for Trump. But the SEC <laughs> is looking into this SPAC and whether it violated securities laws. So like, that's like the, the mood music here.
0: Yeah. So there it's... It, There's a distinction here, right? There's the financial gain. And if Trump just started um, tweeting, then the stock price of the SPAC could fall because basically people are investing in that SPAC thinking it's going to become you know, it's going to merge with Truth Social. So it's to, to keep the price up. But also legally, there's something now legally, though, he's legally bound to post exclusively on Truth Social until July of 2023. And there's also a loophole in the contract where he can tweet, quote, political messaging without breaching the contract. Interesting. And
1: But, it, that, but yeah. if
0: he does that, that could hurt he the stock the price. price of the spa- – yeah.
1: Well, one thing he could do – is go on Twitter and tell everybody to come on over to True Social. That's where the real fun is. There's a lot of, or he, a lot of or mischief. Or you could he say, can everyone, get into. buy
0: a few shares of this company.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Here <laughs> we go. I just think there's no chance. I don't know. There's like no way you get people to migrate over to True Social. Look at all these people like trying to desperately convince everyone to go to Mastodon. It's just very challenging. Now, Mastodon okay, is easy. You can easy find every, me on
1: Mastodon. Five, now, if you uh, want to read my like, toots on Mastodon, ben, you gotta choose the right <laughs> server. Ben Wittis controls my about? server
0: and he's a nice guy, but I don't know. I might migrate over. To the other one have you heard about post there's a waiting list what the fuck is going on out there <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know it's madness i'm not and doing then it. and then they're tweeting about what's happening on mastodon on twitter and they got the mastodon handle in their name next to the ukraine flag and the
1: mask. and to everyone <laughs> tweeting to everyone tweeting we've had a great couple of years together if you'd like to keep talking with me i'll be on this platform or this don't platform look no, don't look for me anywhere
0: don't look for me it
1: ends for us here this is it for us if this dies, our relationship is dead. Twitter people. <laughs>
0: anyway, so I don't think he can last forever. I I real, like money is more important to him than anything, especially since he doesn't have a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, but I I think that he he's he's going to. Reach a breaking point of his frustration that his truths aren't getting covered. His speech didn't get as much coverage as he probably wanted to. He's not getting the attention
1: that that he craves right now. I mean, right now he's frustrated by the coverage of his meeting yes. with Kanye, and he's he's sitting there, he's truthing up a storm, but he there's had, no no one. There yeah. truth falls in the truces. woods. Is anyone the tru- there to hear it? <laughs> he had four truths about the Kanye thing, and, and it's not
0: enough. How do you feel about Trump being reinstated? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Like you said that long term for his political ambitions it might or short term it might be good. Would it be good? Uh, yes, for sure. In terms of winning the primary, I do think it would be
1: oh, good. Oh primary. I think okay, yeah. I look I think that the same the the, the, the fundamentals are the same. Uh, the noise that he makes helps him in the primary. It helps it hurts him more broadly. Trump is never less popular than when he is in people's faces. Yeah. That is always true. Him, he doesn't wear well. No. He's uh he's uh, best in small doses. <laughs> Yeah. As you might say. So I, I, I don't know. I think that like Trump being off of social media has been a mixed bag. It's allowed people to forget how heinous he is while he continues to maintain his control over vast swaths of the Republican machine. So, it all I, I don't
0: know. It, it also I think one of you pointed out earlier, mm-hmm. uh, it has pushed him into further extremist rabbit holes, right? Because since there is, oh, since it's all QAnon, so. it's all he's now, na- yeah, now he, he's truth and QAnon shit all like the, the time. The majority now. of his reach. Ma- ma- yeah. And there's just, we're not seeing it as much. We're not hearing about it as much because he's not getting the coverage, but like, we'll see how this plays out in the Republican primary, right? Like if he doesn't win the Republican primary, who the fuck cares what he does, right? Yeah. And go do whatever you want. I hope to never see you again. But if he wins the Republican primary, then he's, you know, 40, 70,000 votes away from being
1: president. He's back. And the the more people are reminded about the aspects they find deplorable and horrible, uh, the better a position will be in. And I think that is harder to do, harder to remind people of that when he's not in their faces. So Elon Musk has been baiting Trump to
0: return and tweet again. He's, you know, trying to do he's he's giving mass amnesty to all these suspended accounts. He's today picking a fight with Apple and Tim Cook. Uh, because they're you know, there looks like there might not be advertising as much, if at all, on Twitter anymore. Um, what, what the hell is Elon Musk doing?
3: I genuinely don't know. I
0: don't got Does it. anyone have a, t- like, a take on this for the last couple weeks? Because it is
3: obviously like Jack Dorsey was a terrible CEO who like let the place languish for years and didn't. But like Twitter today is well, Twitter pre Elon was better than the 2016 version in terms of targeted harassment and just like tools to keep horrible people out of your life. But like, I just, Elon seems to think his job as CEO is just to tweet the most and like engage with every right-wing troll and then like Stephen King every week or so. And I don't know what he's like, but there's a financial gravity here that's going to catch up to him. He's got $13 billion of loans against the company.
1: Yeah, I feel like you have to separate out Elon as a kind of whatever. Elon as a CEO and Elon as a public figure. Uh, Elon as a public figure is baffling um, He has managed to convince a lot of smart people that he's stupid, which is an achievement for someone who's uh, Had as much success as Elon Got Musk. has. Had. He has convinced a lot of people that he's stupid so his public persona is awful and he's done a great deal of damage how people see him as a CEO I I don't understand the the, the problem is when when you're building rockets and electric cars You can be told that it's going to fail. You can tell all your critics to eat shit and then you can disappear for five years and you can come back with a rocket. You can come back with a car and say, look, see, I told you I could do it and I did it. With this, the public persona and the CEO are in conflict because you can't be what you you can't be the mayor of what you're describing as like a global town square while also its biggest troll. And you can't ask people to model best behavior and say you're going to build a, a utopia for free speech while tweeting conspiracy theories and heinous innuendo and, you know, engaging with some of the most despicable people in our society. These things are in conflict. You can't be the mayor and the troll. I don't know what his business model is going to be. It seems like it's very, very difficult to find a way to turn Twitter profitable once you they were already struggling before you added uh, a, a ton of debt that requires service, but he can't do it if he's if every step he makes, he's going to be alienating core users by being such a prick all the time. And advertisers being he, such a prick all the time. He is in
0: the customer service business now. And with Tesla,
1: right? Like if you like the car, then that's great. And I do. <laughs> and look, Alyssa Milano, you can give up your Tesla. Great job. Mine self-drove to the office. It was cool as hell. I turned it on in my house it took me all the way to work. <gasps> so that's the product <laughs> that he sold you. Right. And you're a happy right. customer. I am. Sure.
0: The product he's selling now is a good experience on Twitter, which the advertisers are no longer having right. because there's not brand safety there for them. Nope. And increasingly, users aren't having a good time either. And he's not used to – the reason he can't deliver good customer service is because he has been an arrogant CEO surrounded by sycophants who have never told him no. Right, he's got like a bunch of yes men. That's how he ran Tesla. And and the reason he could do that is because of what you said, love it. Is because when it comes to science, he's a genius, right? And so he he's gotten by by being a genius and inventing shit, and then having a bunch of people around him that he can treat kind of shittily, and it I doesn't got, really so you matter got the kind of that. And, there, and there's, yeah, a, there's treat, a— treat very poorly, horribly. and it doesn't really matter because he's the boss and he's a genius. Well, he and, can't and, do that
1: here. And there's there's a there's a way in which be, having terrible people skills can be a feature. When you're saying to a bunch of people, I have a vision, I think this is possible. Some people say it's impossible. I think this thing that I'm aiming us towards is possible. And there's a kind of there that requires uh, like a, a an ability to synthesize a lot of information, but also the ability to bear a lot of people being fucking pissed at you while you set a crazy target. This this his public persona and his kind of way of treating people is in conflict. And. The fact that nobody around him can say, "Hey, man, uh, uh, if you want Twitter to be a place people people want to come, why don't you model some good behavior?" But
3: again, like he, he's a guy who understands space, so I keep coming back to like the financial gravity. Thirteen billion dollars of loans from these big banks against Twitter. These, by the way, these banks are offloading these loans at sixty cents on the dollar because they have so little faith in them being repaid. He sold billions of dollars worth of Tesla shares to buy a personal stake in the company. He paid taxes on that that he will never get back. He has investors who have billions at stake. They've lost all these advertisers. The Twitter blue rollout was hilarious for a week, but also a disaster. I'm just wondering, like at some point, his second biggest, the second biggest uh, shareholder, the Saudis, come to him, they'd say like, hey, we have a way of dealing with people who lose us a lot of money, Uh, you know, come to our consulate. You know what I mean? Like, there's
0: someone's gonna put well, some leverage on well, him. So I, I asked this question to Neil Patel when I interviewed him for Offline about the the financials there because I'm like, maybe. So he's they're gonna bring back Twitter Blue, Twitter Verified, whatever. He's gonna launch it again. They
3: think he thinks 50 percent of the revenue could be subscription. Elon well, that's
0: knows. what yeah, so that's what I'm saying. No so way. I'm like, so I thought I'm like maybe there's math where he makes up for the lost advertiser revenue with the subscription. But that no, if you're eight dollars, eight dollars a pop. For, and and like most, oh, t- how many people are going to have to sign up for that? Way too many. many.
3: Con- con- and it cannibalizes cons- advertisers. Considering
0: how he's treating everyone, servicing
3: right now. the debt costs you a billion dollars. I
0: think. I wh- think to your point that is that he's Twitter's biggest troll. Twitter has also broken his brain. in a way like he is also a victim of twitter and so he is in this feedback loop he is he is trapped in twitter replying all day he thinks that he's doing great because that's what he's getting back on twitter he's fighting he's fighting his villains and all of his allies are you know he he's just his his mind is warped by this
1: yeah there's um the other just uh he's also hurt a ton of people like we like he, because of his takeover and his mismanagement of it, like thousands of people have lost their jobs. He's tried to make an example of people. He's claiming this is going to be a bastion of free speech. But then people that work at Twitter that were critical of him suddenly find themselves yeah. fired. People who are on uh, visas that require them to have jobs stayed. Because he took and like d- agreed to stay, and would have had a better offer if they had left earlier. Then only to be summarily fired because of the kind of the kind of frenetic, kind of chaotic way in which this is done. Like he's hurting a lot of people as he does this, and like all of that is meaning. Not only does Twitter not have a business model, like who knows how Twitter. Like this is a jury-rigged fucking thing. The fail whale was a big deal for a while. Twitter was barely working yeah. for a really long time. The thing survived despite itself. Like. Who knows what's going on, like, beneath the hood of this organization where half the people with institutional knowledge were just frog-marched out of the building.
3: There are, like, historic protests happening in, across China right now, and the Chinese government is able to bury news about it by dumping random, like, porn and bots and just, like, crap on Twitter because all the teams that would help sort of keep that stuff out of there and help surface the real news were gone.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, anyway, if anything happens to Twitter, you can find me. <laughs> I mean, just right remember... <laughs> With Elon, like I
3: mean, nowhere. <laughs> Elon's hit rate is not that good. Like SpaceX, Tesla, incredible, amazing accomplishments. But like the Boring Company, what's that up to? Hyperloop, how'd that go? All the features he launches from Tesla, like the guy just like announces a lot of shit, and half the time
1: he's full of shit, and people kind of move on from it. Managing this complex one human
0: interaction, mm. not as well. Not. It's also
1: like it even just it was it was doomed from the start because he has clearly like kind of glommed onto this like it's a global town square and like analogies are very dangerous because they're metaphors and they trick you into thinking certain things are more important than other things. And like this metaphor that what we're all doing is meeting together in a town square is not real. It's no, not true. It's never been a, it's not a town square. Largest leveraged buyout in history. It's a fucking chat room.
3: Good
0: luck. All right. So your Mastodon handle is, are you, Yeah. have you tooted today yet?
3: No toots from me,
0: <laughs> sir.
1: Tooting. This is uh, uh, Kanye walking into Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Walking in. Everyone's looking around. The maitre d', the concierge, who is that? When we come back, Raphael <laughs> Warnock gives us his
0: take on last night's episode of White Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. Tune into Polar Coaster with Dan Pfeiffer, Cricket's latest subscriber exclusive show. To get access, subscribe to our Friends of the Pod community only at cricket.com slash friends.
1: Joining me now, he is the senator from Georgia, where voting has already begun in a runoff election that will determine whether or not we hold this seat, increase the Democratic majority, and never have to say Senator Herschel Walker. Senator Raphael Warnock, welcome to the pod.
4: Great to be here with you.
1: So, you know, we're, we're in this runoff race. It was an incredibly close election. But that means a lot of people went into that voting booth, having paid attention, followed the news, having come to understand the difference, the incredible difference between you and your opponent, not just on policy, but on character, on integrity, on who you are as people. And a bunch of those people may have had misgivings, but they still went into the voting booth and decided to vote Republican in this home stretch of the runoff, uh, how does character matter in the argument that you're making? Uh, uh, and how and how do you view this as uh, imp- how, what is the importance of character in in this sort of in this closing week?
4: It matters a great deal. And uh, this race is about character and it's also about competence it's about who's ready and who's fit. And on both of those fronts, the differences could not be more stark and more obvious between me and my opponent. Herschel Walker is manifestly uh, unprepared to serve in the United States Senate, unfit to represent 11 million people for six years. and uh, That is the case that we intend to prosecute over the next few days. I'm proud of my lifelong commitment to service. You know, I didn't set out to be in politics. I'm a pastor. And it's really my work over the years focused on health care, which I believe is a moral uh, calling and a human right, uh, focused on a livable wage for workers, uh, standing up uh, for ordinary people. Uh, th- th- this run for the Senate, serving in the Senate, now running for re-election, is an extension of that lifelong project. I think part of what Georgians are asking themselves is what has Herschel Walker's life been about? I think a clear indication of what someone will do in office is what they were doing before they ever served or ran. And we have no evidence at all that Herschel Walker has spent any time thinking about how to help veterans, how to how to uh, make healthcare more accessible.
1: So uh, uh, speaking of... Uh character deficits Donald Trump announces he's running for president your campaign puts out an ad basically saying stop Herschel Walker you can stop Donald Trump why do you view that as an important part of the case you're making in this in this in this week what does this tell us about how you know some of these swing voters are thinking about Trump thinking about Walker thinking about this race
4: well what we all know about Donald Trump is that he is well practiced and quite skilled in the politics of division. Uh, He knows how to stir up the fault lines that have been a part of our complicated and wonderful American story for a long time uh, uh, for his short-term political gain. And um, Herschel Walker is his acolyte. Uh, Neither of them has a a vision uh, for the people of Georgia, that's for sure. Uh, I'm focused on representing the people of Georgia. And so I'm glad on that score that I was able to cap the cost of insulin to no more than $35 of -of out-of-pocket costs for folks on Medicare. I think I can get that done for folks on private insurance as well. After all, there are 20 states that already cap the cost of insulin. A lot of them are red states. And so I think the only reason we didn't get it done back in August is politics, quite frankly. The closer we got to the election, Folks are doing the political calculus. In fact, I had someone, a Republican senator who was gonna work with me on the insulin cap. And all of a sudden he got quiet after indicating an interest. And I asked him, hey buddy, what happened? He said, uh, winked at me, said, I'll see you after the election. And you know, it's sad, but that's kind of how too often that's what way Washington works and it turns people off from politics. I tolerate politics because every now and then you're still able to get a big win. And I think there's a bipartisan path to getting an insulin cap for folks, not only on Medicare, but people with private insurance. You need somebody who needs to work, who knows how to work on both sides of the aisle. I've demonstrated I know how to do that. Herschel Walker hasn't demonstrated any understanding of the issue.
1: So when uh, uh, we were last in a Georgia runoff, control of the Senate was at stake and it motivated people, not just in Georgia, but across the country to do everything they could. Uh, to get you and Senator Ossoff over the finish line. Uh, what are the, How are you describing the stakes now? I think there's a lot of people who thought, oh, wow, now that the Democrats have the Senate majority, Republicans aren't going to turn out for this Walker guy. We've got this thing in the bag. We don't have to worry about it. How do we light a fire under Democrats to understand how important this is? What's the argument you're making? And, and, and how do you deal with that complacency?
4: It's hard to overstate how important it is, how urgent it is for folks to show up. Now, I'm heartened by the early vote turnout that we're seeing so far, but we cannot afford to let up on the gas, not even for a moment. We should all know in the world of of, of a post-Trump election that we can wake up in this country to the unthinkable uh, if we don't show up. So uh, we need people all across Georgia to show up. Um, this election is not about uh, short-term thinking. You know, the problem is, you know, with and I and I, you know, is that people too often have very short-term thinking on this issue. This is about who's going to represent 11 million Georgians for six years. So it's not even just about this Congress. Senators serve a, a nice little term, six years. So it's pretty good. You're gonna go through three cycles, if you will, and so, um. I think that's very important. Who are you going to have represent you? And um, the issues are 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 urgent. The stakes are high, and in my case, the differences are so stark that I really do think that people who are looking at this honestly—if we just be honest with ourselves—know that my race, my race, is not about the difference between Republican and Democrat. It's not about right and left this is about right and wrong this is about what's the basic requirement to represent people in the united states senate it's a special thing for your neighbors to say when we take stock of our families and when we consider the future of our children and as we take care of our aging parents we trust you we trust our families in your hands to do the right thing can you honestly say that about herschel walker
1: so uh You know, look, you may not know this, but you and I have a very personal email relationship. You've emailed me quite a bit, even today. Here are some of the things you've said to me. You said, please don't scroll away. Please read this. Uh, I'll keep this short, John, which I'll appreciate it. I'll be blunt. Let me explain. And I'm humbly asking for your help. And these have all meant the world to me. Uh, uh, So thank you for reaching out so frequently. I I
4: sat and I thought of you at 5 a.m. this morning and I sat down and I wrote you that email.
1: Yeah, no. And and I and I get that. And that 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 the personal touch is what means means the most about it. But look, a a, a lot of people listening to this are engaged. They're paying attention. They've donated. They're getting texts. They've been getting emails. They've been doing that for months. You've emailed them a few times while I've I've issued this sentence. Uh, What does what will what will (laughs) (laughs) you what what does money do in this last week? What 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 does it help you get done Uh, so people understand that they're not just being asked because, you know, money's better than not having money.
4: No, it's a great question. And I want to say to that person who, who just got an email, e- even while you and I have been talking, mm-hmm. that uh, the resources that they send for this runoff are, are focused on getting out to vote. We all know, sadly, from elections, that it's not always the best person who wins. It's the person who manages to get their people out to vote, the folks who believe in them and believe in their vision. And so we can't take anything for granted. We're pulling out all the stops. We're leaving it all on the field because there's so much at stake. You know, I was thinking about this. Obviously I want to serve. Um, After all, my name has been on the ballot five times in less than two years for the doggone job. This is the fifth time George- That's wild. Have had, got a chance to vote for me. So clearly I want to do this work. And it really is an extension of my lifelong commitment to service. I don't personally need, a, I don't, I got, I, I'm a pastor and I, I was loving doing that work. I still lead my church. I'm doing this because of that that commitment. But also, you know, I'm not just a candidate. I'm not just a Senator, I'm also a citizen. And I have to say, I can't have Herschel Walker representing my mother or my two children. It matters, it matters. And I think integrity matters. I think truth-telling matters. I think character matters. And here's a man who can't even tell us the truth about the basic facts of his life. Claimed to have been a police officer, he's not. Claimed to work for the FBI, he did not. Claimed to be valedictorian of his class, he was not. Claimed to have graduated from the University of Georgia, did not. Claimed to have started a not-for-profit that helps veterans. As it turns out, he didn't start it. It's not a not-for-profit, and rather than helping veterans, it literally exploited veterans, and they had to be called to task for that. Is that somebody you want to trust with the office of of the United States Senate? I think not, and um, I'm asking you not just as a candidate. I'm asking you as a a citizen who cares about who represents my mother and my children. Let's show up and... um, uh, let's make sure that we secure the future for our children.
1: So, you know, Ira, when, when uh, uh, you won the, the, the runoff in 2021, it was this incredible moment. We had managed to do this very difficult feat of winning the majority in the Senate. You won. Senator Osif won. Uh, first black senator since Reconstruction. First Jewish senator. And that was January 5th. Yeah. And the feeling was short-lived. Yeah. Because we wake up January 6th and all of a sudden we're confronted by something ugly. Uh, How did that shape how you approach these years in the job? And, you know, after we just had this midterm where I think a lot of people feel like in a number of very important races, we kept anti-democratic, authoritarian minded people out of some very key jobs. Uh, How do you think about the fight for democracy in how you approach the job being a senator?
4: Well, it's a potent and scary reminder that democracy really is on the ballot. And, you know, who would have thought that we would be here? But as you point out, Georgia did an amazing thing, elected its first African-American senator and its first Jewish senator, Uh, in one fell swoop at a moment when there were those forces still at work trying to divide us. But January 6th, violent assault on the Capitol, driven by racist and anti-Semitic and xenophobic uh, tropes and and sentiments. And therein, in 24 hours, January 5th and January 6th, you see uh, the two sides of our beloved, beautiful, and complicated reality as Americans. I'm honored that I'm a part of the newest generation of Americans who gets to decide which way we're gonna go. Because if we're honest, both of those days say something about who we are. We don't get to say that January 6th is not who we are. It happened and it is who we are. In fact, it's part of who we've always been, if we're honest. But the good news is you can look at me and say that January 5th is also who we are, a kid who grew up in public housing, first college graduate in my very large family. And I sit in the United States Senate. This is an amazing country. And we're standing here, I think, at a at a uh, crossroads. And we have to decide if we're going to be the America of January 5th or the America of January 6th. I choose January 5th. I choose to push us closer towards uh, our grand American covenant e pluribus unum out of many one, I choose the US, if you will, I choose us. And that's why I'm putting myself through the craziness of running for the United States Senate because I do think it's worth it. I think our children are worth it. I think our veterans are worth it. I think our mothers and fathers are worth it. And I'd be deeply honored to represent the people for six more years.
1: Last question. Uh, It is Monday. Thanksgiving was Thursday. How much time is left for the food in the fridge? When do we give up?
4: Oh, I gave up on that food a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Do you think it's too late? Can I not eat it today? What's today? Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, five too long?
4: You know, some people are better at that than me. You know, turkey sandwich, turkey casserole, turkey hash. Uh, Look, I'm Turkey.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, uh, Senator, thank you so much for being here. Uh, and uh, everybody, do everything you can to uh, uh, support Senator Warnock in this last week. And, uh, you know, good luck in the home stretch. Thanks for being here.
4: Thank you, brother. Keep the faith.
2: The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com. And this ad has not
0: been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee.
2: Donald Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy Rails tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26th, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. Guys, it's been a rough year. All right, we're back. Before
0: we go, Chief Take Officer Elijah Cohn is here and he's back for another see round. see an apron of take appreciator. Yeah, where's your bake appreciator apron, Elijah? I,
5: the merch team needs to send it over to me. I mean, I am, okay. in hmm. fact, a bake appreciator. That's fired. So, under the bus. How was your honeymoon? It was fantastic. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, but I'm very mm-hmm. jet lagged and like brain fogged because of zquill right now trying to get back on the same page so get ready for that throughout this segment
0: okay that's exciting great that's
5: something to look forward to let's do it you take it away yeah enjoy um okay let's do it uh thanksgiving is over but i have a couple of leftover takes for you guys to feast on (laughs)
4: i'll explain how
5: this game works for people who haven't heard this segment in the past i'll share these takes with you the producers have seen them john john and tommy have not They'll react and then rate them on a scale of one to four politicos, with four being the worst. Are you guys ready to feast? <laughs> We're still yeah, ready. let's feast. All right, let's get started. This first one needs a little bit of setup. It's so stupid, I might not like get the explanation fully right here. But Joe Biden's granddaughter, Naomi Biden, got married uh, oh, boy. <laughs> last week in a ceremony at the White House. The ceremony was closed to the press. But the Bidens invited Vogue to do a photo shoot before the wedding, which sent the press corps into a tizzy because they were like, why didn't you let us in to cover the wedding? You let Vogue in. But they were like, no, Vogue is just there for the photo shoot. That led us to this tweet, quote, I spent four years covering the Trump White House and two years covering the Biden White House. What's fascinating is that they both lie, albeit in the (sighs) different ways. Have you not have seen the Trump team was shameless, whereas Biden is too cute by half. Oh, <laughs> that's who wrote it,
1: man. That is un. I haven't seen that. That is unbelievable. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Do you know who it is? I don't know who it is. I don't oh, know who no. it is. You no, know who it is. Yeah. yeah, I do. And you're going to feel
3: bad in a second. <laughs> it was Ashley Barker, The Washington Post.
1: Come on. <laughs> For th- Pinocchio, sorry Ashley, that's four. I she, I like it. That's four.
3: I think she regrets her tweet. <laughs> End of sentence. <laughs> I thought it was uh, in fairness was... to
0: Ashley. I thought it was going to be someone much worse. Yeah, no, it's, it's like uh, well, I mean, look, first of all, the Biden, the Biden White House obviously did not owe any invitations to reporters. Uh, even if they did wanted to invite Vogue, that would have been fine too. They told the reporters that um, Vogue wasn't going to be present at the wedding. They weren't. They got like a day before thing. They d- they just decided not to tell reporters that. Whatever you could say, you could dig them for that. Be like, oh, you should have told us they got they got something the day before. But but to say that you is <laughs> a tough tweet. It's a tough tweet. I, I tough think tweet.
3: it seems to me. like I dug in like an inch deep and then refused to dig further on this topic. Sure. It seemed like maybe reporters thought that because Vogue got those photos that they were present at the wedding and thus they'd been lied to, Hmm. uh, when the reality is much more complicated. My take on this is, honestly, I think that if you're going to host a wedding at the White House, it's completely fair and reasonable for the White House press corps to want access. Um, It doesn't mean you have to give it to them, but they don't have to be happy about it. I think comparing that to the lies of the Trump administration is obviously not... Remotely um, close to the same thing.
1: No, and I also like it's. You can have a closed press family event at the White House, and whether or not Vogue takes pictures of it doesn't change the fact that the event was closed press. Or just like I don't really get that controversy. Just an easier. You can complain about the Biden White House not
0: giving you access without comparing. Yeah, without comparing it to the Trump lies. You you can do that.
3: It's
1: a miss. It seemed like a,
3: (laughs) a yeah comparison made not fully thought through in a moment of peak that I think undercut a genuine, understandable concern of being like, hey, there's not often White House weddings and we want to cover it because that's our job. Therefore, we want to cover it. So we're going to be annoying about it. Love it. Can you imagine the ratio?
5: I have some numbers here, John. I'm glad you brought that up. I have no. some figures <laughs> Come on. in front of me. <laughs> then we do not oh, set this no. up <laughs> ra-
1: Ratios, look, here's the thing. Can we just, I don't want to hear about the one. ratio. I am so sick, well, forget this. It is the ratio thing. Uh, prepare for the, ra- so the ratio. so A broader point,
2: though, like to your
1: Ashley
3: Parker is a good person she and a good, good reporter. Yeah, everyone, shut up, calm down. You don't have to be the ten thousandth person to dunk on her. I say, ironically, as I can't having- you know. no more to have dunking about it.
1: This is why. This is why if Elon destroys Twitter, it won't be so bad. Because this kind of shit doesn't fly on Mastodon. It doesn't get you the R-toots.
5: <laughs> all I'll say is when it when
1: it doesn't re, doesn't retoot.
5: <laughs> when Andy uh, Gardner Bernstein sent me this tweet, she slapped it and said, "Check out the ratio on this baby." Of <laughs> course.
1: We are all we are all creatures Look, of an environment. The we're there's creating no for one, ourselves. There's no one I think more ready to jump to Mastodon than producer Andy. <laughs> <laughs> there's no more. There's she's been, she's born to toot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she's over there tooting it's
5: muller time
3: <laughs> what else you got elijah <laughs> right, no. are we are we just
5: all agreeing full full oh, playbook oh, oh, I'll, I'll, so? do,
0: I'll, I'll give it three it's
5: i three think it's four three. for me it's, it's four. Yeah. four i
1: was shocked i didn't hurt it i missed this i skipped this whole scandal over the break
5: i can't avoid it from the context in the person i think it's three. Yeah. Uh michael said that one hurt we, we do like ashley parker um <laughs> we do yeah. okay well this next one is from politico itself uh A piece titled, Republicans Paid a Price for Overturning Roe, It May Have Been Worth It. So this piece makes an argument that it was worth it for Republicans to have underperformed in the midterms because they achieved a big policy goal with overturning Roe. It notes that Democrats have paid a similar price in midterms in the past. Here are the examples from the piece. Quote, in enacting the Affordable Care Act, Obama and congressional Democrats were making good... yeah." Wait for the next example. We're making good on something that had been a party goal for decades. Similarly, the civil rights movement was not particularly popular among the bulk of Americans when Democrats pushed civil rights bills in the 1960s. You guys, who wrote it? I have no idea. I have no
1: idea. Uh, John Harris. What? 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 No. What publication was it? Politico. 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 Oh, it was in the Politico, Politico magazine, in the so. magazine. So. Oh, the magazine.
5: Rich Lowry. I've never heard of this guy. It's not Rich Lowry. Uh, 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 it's not. I've been trying to tell I, you, zero politicos. Zero politicos. Yeah. I, 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 we, I
1: respect that. It's actually like, if that is what they, if they're, this is the political goal they goal wanted. Is, this horrible fucking goal is something they've been yeah. working hard to achieve despite the fact that they pay a political price. Sure.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's where I am too. I think the only thing I disagree with is that it, um, like, that it will wear well over time. <laughs> <laughs> like the difference with the affordable care act is you could say like okay maybe ten years from now when it's fully implemented it's gonna be more popular. I kind of think this is uh this is where we are on public opinion over uh I do. Too. No, yeah, I it, no it, chance it wears well over time.
5: Right. Yeah. But other than that, I would say it's a it's a fair comparison. Give us the name. Seth Maskett is uh no poli sci guy from University of Denver. Like the why this huh. piece was submitted is one, like comparing overturning Roe to the civil rights movement, like go fuck yourself. But then also these are like things that, you know, the Affordable Care Act and civil rights member like passed through Congress, where Roe was passed through this like stolen Supreme Court seat gross mechanism. That's why it got submitted. Yeah. I'm just sharing my thought process That's fair. here. That's fair. No, you know what? No,
0: I, I, I hey, look the legislative process versus some
5: Supreme of these have Court. to get zero politicos. Yeah. Like
1: the fact that this person doesn't understand the distinction between expanding access to health care and projecting fundamental human rights with removing a fundamental human rights uh is why he's wrong. Uh but I do appreciate that Republicans fought for a very long time to do this and they won. And they, you know, and they'll they'll pay and they don't if the ones that don't pay a political don't care about paying a political price or at least being more honest about the political damage they did to themselves to achieve this end. So, you know, zero politicals and they can go fuck themselves. There you that's go. That's my that's my take. Oh, that's I like sad. that.
5: All right. Well, let's move on. This last one is a tweet. Uh, the Senate is about to move forward with the Respect for Marriage Act codifying protections for same-sex marriage. And here is the take. Quote, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said that thanks to America's low birth rate, we need to amnesty 11 million illegal immigrants. I know this one. <laughs> meanwhile, the Senate passed a bill <laughs> enshrining same-sex marriage definitionally into federal law. These facts are not disconnected. The death of marriage what? is a key component in the withering of Western civilization. Wait, who said is... it?
1: So people would be procreating if not for all this gay marriage. Is that the point? It's, how many? It sounds like that. How so. many kids did this guy think I'm gonna have if I marry a woman? It's gonna be zero.
5: <laughs> 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 what was the publication? Uh, it's a tweet. Oh, it was a tweet. And if I told you, he it also wrote word. this up. Sorry, spoiler. It's a he, he. He also wrote this up. But if I told you the publication, it would be a spoiler.
0: Mm. oh is it ben shapiro
3: yes it is Congratulations. Oh, it. yes <laughs> yeah ben no not no
0: connection there pal what oh you know ben uh does he, kanye attacked him yeah i gotta say
3: well where's the don't come out of my mouth often credit to ben shapiro he called out kanye's anti-semitism and he called out trump's anti-semitism
0: by name and was a harsh yes. critic. Now this is what we do on the Thursday pod. Sometimes, Could, are we just going to cut credit to Ben Shapiro? Credit to Ben Shapiro. Can we just play That just put that out as a clip. It's um, yeah.
5: We yeah. clip is, it's it. Like Tommy saying credit to Ben Shapiro. Clip it. Uh, <laughs> clip now, it. What Flip I want to say is like, hey Ben,
1: uh, okay, you seem to understand that this is anti-Semitic uh, from from these people and that they're bigoted on these issues. Can you take a step back and maybe look at some of the other things they're saying and figure out why you're not so offended? By the rest of it, or is it just for for whatever reason you just even seem to lack just, the lack we, the lack the clarity even, before we even get to the gay marriage element,
0: connecting the connecting pathways to citizenship for undocumented immigrants to low birth rates. Well, is I they, know no, I get what they're trying to do here, but
1: they, that 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 well, what they that when we allowed gay people to enter into marriage contracts, we disassociated marriage from procreation. And so that for everyone now, marriage isn't doing what it's supposed to do, which is get people to stick together, even if they fucking hate each other, to have seven kids. <laughs> and as a result, we need to replace people with immigrants because once the gays got married, you people stopped making babies. Mean, it was absolutely like we got to replace them with immigrants. Why? <laughs> What, is, what? What is
0: I'm,
3: going on? I, 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 <laughs> I think they're talking about a worker short I mean it's, it's just a convoluted. <laughs> no, like, none, none of it makes
5: sense. sense.
0: None of it makes sense. They're very stupid people. None of it makes sense.
5: It's completely a historical. Facts like, don't care
0: about your feelings, Ben. Anyway, <laughs> that gets that gets I think that gets a full playbook. Yeah, for that's me.
3: pretty good. That's a full playbook. I mean it's just
0: nonsensical is what it really is. Yeah. Eh. It didn't get my it didn't get my ire up. I think it was pretty stupid. Anyway. That's why, that's, our, that's why we have our rating system. That's why we have our rating system. I'm going to give it three.
5: <laughs> that was the risk. I knew that the Naomi Biden one was really going to get that, the happiest yeah, no. reaction here. because well, Love uh, it has
1: Ashley Parker worse than Ben Shapiro. <laughs> that's what... <laughs> hey,
0: uh, uh,
5: take-wise, take-wise.
1: Just in the kind of the, in, the, in the politico nature, the politico qualities, not in the nature of the take itself. Yeah, I'm so, we're still getting tweets about having Maggie Haberman on. This is going to be a whole... You know what? Again, <laughs> another, another reason that this thing can all burn to the fucking ground. <laughs> I do find it very frustrating that people... The the ire people have for Maggie Haverman is absolutely unhinged. Yeah,
3: the, sometimes our friends on the left view Twitter as a vehicle to primarily attack journalists in the mainstream media, and not see that that's what Trump uses it for too. So and You
0: know what that gets? A couple politicos. A couple. Politicos. Elijah <laughs> Cohn, thanks for uh, thanks for another round of take appreciator. Always a pleasure, next time, guys. next time, don't show your face on this video without that apron. Yeah, on. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and thanks to uh, Senator Raphael Warnock for joining us today. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Pod Save America is a Crooked Media production. The executive producer is Michael Martinez. Our senior producer is Andy Gardner-Bernstein. Our producers are Haley Muse and Olivia Martinez. It's mixed and edited by Andrew Chadwick. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis sound engineered the show. Thanks to Hallie Kiefer, Ari Schwartz, Sandy Gerard, Andy Taft, and Justine Howe for production support. And to our digital team, Elijah Cohn, Phoebe Bradford, Milo Kim, and Amelia Montooth. Our episodes are uploaded as videos at youtube.com slash podsaveamerica.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something you need to get off your chest? What is your outlet for working through the things that stress you out? Uh, you know, I, I do the crossword. That helps. I'm also, I also go to therapy, you know, and I say, uh, this week I don't want to make any progress. She's like, ugh, that's what she said last week. We all carry around different stressors, big and small.